0: Alrighty, so would you please take, uh, grab your Bibles. Uh, We're going to read a lengthy passage that is written in the first uh, Thessalonians, chapter 3. That's going to be our topic for today or a passage for today. We love reading the Bible. You know, the Bible is a great book of that great story about Jesus Christ. And we talked about that we believe in one God. You know, there is one God, there is one book, and there is one story. You know, it's all about Christ from the beginning to the end and everything in the middle of that. So we got to this place. We saw that Christ is committed. That uh, God is committed to humanity to come and save and heal. And bring salvation to people. And uh, this is what's so amazing about Christian faith. Is that we, have, uh, we believe in a God who cares. We believe in a God who pursues people with the relationships. With a restorative relationship of grace. Today we're going to be talking about this restorative relationship of grace and the opportunity for us to see the Almighty God working through the history and make like, His love known to us. So we're going to read this passage of that dear testimony, testimony of Apostle Paul, where he uh, is talking to the believers in Thessalonica. We're going to read chapter three, the uh, the book 1 uh, Thessalonians, verses six through. Thirteen. Now that Timothy has come to us from you and has brought us the good news that your faith and love and reported that you always remember us kindly and long to see us as we long to see you. For this reason, brothers, in all our distress and affliction, we have been comforted about you through your faith. For now we live if you are standing fast in the Lord. For what thanksgiving can we return to God for you for all the joy that we feel for you, for your sake before God. As we pray most earnestly night and day that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Direct our way to you and may the Lord make you make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all as we do for you, so that we may establish your hearts blameless and holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. We're gonna stop at this moment. So, we, so we, what we see here is Apostle Paul saying, Guys, we love you so much that we really want to know what, what is happening with you. Uh, I'm going remind, to uh, remind you of the story uh, so that we can recall and going to paint the picture. Is that Apostle Paul, with some of his companions, came to this place, Thessalonica. Spent about from three to six weeks of extensive educational time uh, teaching them about Jesus Christ. He probably knew that his stay in this place was not going to be long because of the persecution, because of the environment that was in this place. We noticed uh, that uh, the Thessaloniki or Thessalonica, the place, really resembles Seattle, Washington, quite a bit. Being remote. Uh, experiencing a lot of freedoms like and i really like and being really democratic when it comes to the caesar or the king or the president they really respected their values they wanted to be free in their beliefs they didn't want anybody to tell them what to do so it's like welcome to seattle washington for this way so like okay, as we go through this we okay, we see this that after paul Spent some time with the Christians there, with just new Christians there, teaching them. You know, the time of departure was kind of closing up on them because of the big riot that started happening in this place. So, what was really happening is that they had to leave. Because the Christians, they asked them, like the church, said, you know what, brothers, why don't you go now? Because if you are not going to go, you're going to be killed. And we love you so much that we would love to hang out with you here on earth a little bit longer. You know, and that's the natural way, I think, for all of us. When we, see, when we notice and when we learn that some of our loved ones are going to be in danger, we would love to, to do what? We'd love to keep them safe somehow. Would ask them to leave, would ask them to do something, uh, maybe protect them personally if we could. In our life personally, and when we were missionaries uh, in Russia, like back in 1999, in the year 2000, there was one time that some of the people from the village came and asked us to leave the place because there was some big riot happening against, against us. Because one of the families was a Muslim family. Their the wife started coming to church and believing in Christ and started bringing her kids into the, fa- uh, into the church and uh what happened that the husband asked not not to go to church not to believe in jesus and she confronted him once and said you know what what faith in christ gives me it gives us the community it gives us the family because yes you are my husband and i love you but i don't really see you that much i see you physically but we are not connected you're drunk so often you're spending so time away from family. Yes, we have three kids, three boys. But the thing is, you're not involved into the, into the life. But what I've seen in the church, that we were welcomed in that place. We saw that not, more, not only that, but God talks so much about building the family, investing into the relationships, growing together. And so uh, what happened afterwards, uh, I, I'm, I'm not trying to say like, you know, anything. There are a lot of great people, a lot of really moral great per- people in a lot of different religions. But in that particular case, what happened in that family, that the husband eventually knifed her to death. There was a big thing like it happened. And there was a big oh, like, probably fight going on. He said not to go, not to do a lot of different things, plus some probably internal things that we don't really know about. But what happened, that actually he killed her. And then what happened that uh, some of the people a little later came to us and said, You know, Yura and Ola, would you please uh, move out of this place? Because if there will be another big crime happening in this particular place, uh, they were going to shut down the whole village. Meaning, they would actually require people to leave. It's not gonna be, there will be no school. The doctors won't come. There will be no connections. There will be no buses to come. There will be no nothing. So, would you please leave to another place? And we felt that love from the local Christians that said the same thing. You know what? We love you so much. But because we love you so much, we're willing to actually not to see each other for, this, for your sake. So when somebody is in, da- in danger, people that we love, we are going to be protecting them and trying to keep them safe. More than that... It's sometimes, this is how you see if you love somebody or you're being loved. It's when you get in trouble, when something bad is about to happen to you or you are going through some difficult times. People who love you, they will be there with you. Amen? People who love you, they're going to be there with you. They're not going to be abusing your uh, weakness. They're not going to be trying to take advantage of that. They're not going to be trying to uh, bring their own agenda into the relationships. They're not going to put you down for whatever you're going through. They're going to say, We know what you're going through, and this is why we're here. We're not here to judge what happened in the past, we're here to help you to go to the better future. That's exactly what God does. You know, God came on earth. Yes, He brought the judgment. Yes, He brought that thing. But it, very, very interesting. God didn't come on earth and said, Hey guys, you know, you are completely perverted. You're completely, or completely sinful in your nature. Even though some of the statements are there in the Bible. But God says, I love you. That's the first thing that we see. What God says, there was nothing that could stop Him... To come on earth and have their relationship with us. Because this is why sometimes it's really difficult for people to come like, you know, to Jesus and believe in him. Because they said, if God would only know what I've done in the past. And he says, well, I know. <laughs> I, I'm the all-knowing God. I'm all-present God. You know, well, I mean, if you would only have been with me at this place. Well, I mean, I was there with you. I mean, I protected you. Sometimes your heart was breaking down. I was your strength without even you asking for it. I will sustain you to this very moment so that you would see that I care for you. We talked about this earlier that sometimes we get in a difficult situation uh, because of three different things. Number one, we ourselves get into the difficult ourselves get into the difficult situations. Like, you know, what we what we do, it's an investment in the future. What you're gonna sow, you wanna get it put in okay, in the dirt. This is the very thing that will grow. So it's like you know we're gonna reap what we've planted. And so and very often and we notice that is that quite often we reap. What we've planted in the past. Either it's relationships. Either it's like the things that we've done, we've done good or we've done wrong. We, we see that. So number one, we actually we take something, we reap what we've planted before. Number two, some, there will be some difficult times because God trusts you and only you to go through a certain difficult situation. So he can use you in order to help to heal others. You know, in First Corinthians chapter 1, it talks about this, that Paul says that the afflictions that we suffer, we suffer for your sake. So, when we are comforted, we are comforted for your sake. When we, when we go through afflictions, we go through affliction for your sake, so that we, we can help you for that. We can help you to go through this. And not everyone, you know, God trusts, to go through some difficult times. Because the difficult times, it's the time of growth, it's the time of strength... And quite often, the difficult times in our lives, it's the only opportunity for us to become stronger. Because you don't become stronger when nothing happens to you. You only become stronger when you go through some challenges. So Paul was saying the same thing, guys, I know you are going through some challenges in a way that it's even difficult for us to fully understand and comprehend because we are not with you right now. We had to leave you guys stayed and we couldn't tolerate that. We just so wanted to know what was happening with you. We love you so much. So this is what happened. The Apostle Paul sent one of his fellow companions, Timothy, so that he would go and spend time with Thessalonians so that they can learn what was happening with them. So that they, they can strengthen their faith. And we, we, we read that earlier. Let me get back to uh, verse 2 of this chapter 3. Uh, I'm going to read this. And and we sent Timothy, our brother and God's co-worker in the gospel of Christ, to establish and to exhort you in your faith that no one would be moved by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that we are destined for this. For when we were with you, we kept telling you beforehand that we were, we were to suffer affliction. Just as... As it has come to pass, and just as you know. So he says, We are gonna go through this because going through difficult times, it's not the question if, it's the question when. And so this is why okay, what has been a, a humongous blessing and the comforting assurance for the Christians in the past and present and until the moment when God is going to take His church back home is that we are rooted on the solid foundation. First of God Himself. We saw that the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ, I mean is there for us. So the salvation is rooted in the gospel, and the gospel is that a loving, caring, holy God want, wanted to have relationship with people. Wanted to have relationship with people from the beginning. He created people to show his love, to bless them with the greatest relationships. And so what happened that, unfortunately, at the beginning, God and people, they departed because people decided to to take their life in their own hands and to live it the way they wanted. So this is the greatest stupidity for people who are the creation to say, we know it better than the Creator, so we will define what we need to do and how we're going to live and what we're going to do things in our lives. There is no way. There is no way. It's, it's the same thing that quite often the children may be going against their parents. And say like, you know what? Yes, you've lived the life. But now, now we know everything. And they are only 12. Or 14. It, 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 sometimes it's a brave statement. But the thing is, it lacks the support. So what happened? Even from the beginning God said, you know, I, I love you so much. And He initiated the restorative measures. When first people sinned, and, and with that we're just going to jump very quickly to the, to the uh, book of Genesis chapter 3. Would you please open with me the book of Genesis chapter 3. We'll just read that little story that talks about, I mean, it's, a, uh, it's a short story, but it, it's not a little one. It's a huge one. It's a really impactful one. So chapter 3, we're going to read uh, verses uh, uh, verses. But the serpent said to the woman, Will you not surely die? For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to, her, um, to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they they were naked. And they sewed the fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound. I'm going to continue reading the story uh, uh, through the book of Revelations. No, we're going to stop a little uh, sooner than that. So, and they heard the sound of the Lord God wa- uh, walking in the garden of the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I'm here. No, it's not, it's not what he said. Um, he's, he said... I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. And I hid myself. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman who you gave me... And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between, you, uh, and between your offspring and her offspring. And she, bru- and he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. So uh, at this moment, we, what we just saw is that actually uh, there was a big fall that took place. So Adam and Eve they had an opportunity after they. After they fell, after they disobeyed God, they had an opportunity to ask for forgiveness. But instead of that, they decided not to restore the relationships, they decided to run away. You know, it's very, very often it happens this way. And I see it in the families. I see it in the relationship between husbands and wives, parents and children. I see it in the single people as well. I see it in different ages. Is that quite often when, when you enter in a difficult relationship or in difficult situation in your relationship with somebody, the first thing you think about quite often is just to quit. Just to run away. Maybe sometimes put the blame on somebody else so that nobody would think of you any any bad things what happens is that actually we are prone to just push off the blame to somebody else we would love to be good we would love to run away from the place we are we are we are the people that are very rarely ask for forgiveness you we don't run to reestablish the relationships quite often we run away from them Quite often we run away from them. Because in order sometimes to reestablish relationships, you will have to invest into them. You would have to do, uh, put in a tremendous amount of work. God said, I know that you have sinned. I know that you have not repented of that. But so that you know, you you would know, he gave a blessing to the woman, and she, yeah, he said that through your seed I will bring an offspring, I will bring the deliverer. And this uh, this that particular passage, the book of Genesis, chapter three, verse fifteen, it's the first promise of the coming Messiah. It's the first promise that God will reestablish that relationship. God didn't stop at the promise. A little bit later, He gave them the cloth made of skin. It's one of those kind of hints that there had to be some sacrifice made in order to give them the skins that they could use. So not only God promised to restore, He started the restoration right there and then. Very often, when we are upset with one another, we we tend to depart. We tend to leave from one another, so that there will be some time, some distance, some space, or something else would be happening. We're so offended. We're deeply hurt. We are so not wise enough. Sometimes I want to say stupid, not to go back and fix the relationships. We just sit in different corners, slip in different rooms, and we just hurt. Thinking that somebody so offended me so much. And not willing to make the first step to reconcile. To restore the relationship. If we are to to follow Christ. And this is why faith in Jesus Christ is so contagious. It's so beautiful. Is that we have a great example to follow. What happened with God. When God saw that the people fell. He didn't say, well, you know what? Let's see what you're going to do about this. God didn't say, well, you know what? Tough stuff. Deal it with yourself. He said, I love you so much that even though that you have committed the sin, I will be still the first one to reconcile. I will make this first step. I will make this first step so you can feel that you're loved. Because you don't deserve to be loved. You know, if we would just only deserve, so, so somebody would love us. Well, I mean, if you will do this to me, then I will love you. What about you doing this thing? So we're always fighting in this, well, you deserve, or you didn't do this, or you didn't do this. Well, I hate you. You know, sometimes we hear the phrases, you know, I don't really care for the re- relationship. I'll just yell and, sc- and scream sometimes. At least things will get done. But they will, they will not. The things may get done, but the relationship may hurt." So, what, what happens is that we, we see God that restored the relationship, and the, this is so beautiful that the, when it comes to Christianity, I understand that there are not every Christian who says he is a Christian is a true Christian, is a true follower. I get it. And the Bible said it God is so open and so, okay, so openly says about this that there will be people uh, that will be professing me with their lips, with their mouth, but with their acts, they're going to be renouncing on me, they're going to be denying me completely. So yes, unfortunately, there are some hard cases, but please, don't judge, don't look into the relationship with the God of the Bible, with Jesus Christ, because some people failed. Because there are maybe some hypocrites that I mean sometimes we hear that. Brothers and sisters, uh, ladies and gentlemen, tell you the truth, uh, it's so I mean, so hurt to, uh, kind of to my heart when I hear people, when they start their story about their spirituality, they said, well, I mean, I used to go to a church. That fact, I used to, just kind of kills me. So what wasn't there to help you to stay there? And often they would said they did not have a good example to follow. But at the same time, there are many great Christians to follow there could be like you know one or two in a bunch that are probably really, really difficult and we're just gonna like gonna kind of ruin the whole thing but there are many great people out there so don't judge about the relationship with god based on some people on some failures because christianity and the church in particular like, you know, in- christianity is like you know as a denomination right that the ch- when we talk about church in particular church is not a place where the perfect people get together It's not. It's the whole lot of messed up people getting together. It's the work in progress people getting together. And it's their desire to follow Jesus. It's their desire to become stronger. It's their desire to become better. It's It's their desire to be healed. And the ultimate healing is done. We will see a lot of progress here on earth. Because God is working in us. So there's a lot of hope. There's a lot, of, a lot of great stuff. And if you are a strong person, if be the one who are going to be helping others to become stronger. Mentor somebody. Grow somebody. Let's do it together as a church. This is why I love this fact that God really bring us, bring us, brings us together in a really close community that we call family. He wanted to restore that. He wanted to restore the relationship from the beginning. We see reading the Bible. that It was not the first time when he. Uh, it was the first time when we just read it, but it was not the only one that he did it. You know, when the whole nation of Israel was in the desert, what happened? That actually they were walking through, and God started talking to uh, to the uh, to the person named Moses. The man named Moses, that he took him to a place, to the mountain, to talked to him. He gave him the commandments. I'm going to turn very quickly to the book of Exodus, chapter 32. Uh, we're going to read a couple of verses from this chapter and then from um, chapter 34. But Exodus, chapter 32. And we're going to read verses uh, 15 and 16. Then Moses turned and went down from the mountain with the two tablets of the testimony of his hand. Tablets that are written on both sides, on the front and on the back, they were written. It's kind of interesting. God, in the beginning, done something that Apple and Samsung are trying to get right now. They tried to do the tablets that you can write from both sides, right? So, and they were created. So, I mean, they, uh, it, was not, it was created way before then, and the writing was there. And it was great. It was beautiful. So, I mean, the, the tablet 1.0 was already created way before then. Double-sided. Great one. So... So in Moses, uh, what happened actually, verse 16 the tablets were the work of God, in the writing was the writing of God engraved on the tablets. It's interesting what we see that actually sometimes we uh, we picture, and then uh, it it could be uh, a uh, kind of, could be new for some of us, for some of you, but we picture that the, those two tablets represented that there are two tablets, uh, the, the the five uh, that contain ten commandments. That five of them were on the first one, and the, the commandments six through ten was in the second. What's well, kind of interesting is that we just read that on those tablets it was written how, on both sides. And this is what was happening. It's like back in the day, you know, they didn't have the whole lot of paper and stuff like that. I mean, they, uh, quite often, they would just engrave their stuff. like so that, so that this stuff would just survive the ages. They would put it on the, on the tablets like that. And it was like the contract. You know, the contract between parties had two sides. And I personally, uh, personally believe and think that those two tablets, they were identical. And the reason why they had to be together so that people would see this is the deal that there was a God that uh, decided that God is going to keep in the, uh, in the side that people got. And that's the two exact copies of that. You know, the contract only had two copies, right? Well, do we sign contracts today? Yes or No. Yeah, um, and we, we get the contracts, It's kind of interesting. We get licenses. We sign licenses as well. It's kind of interesting that um, somebody said like, a, a cute joke that I really liked. Somebody said, well, in order to like, you know, drive a car, you need to get what? A license, right? In order to fly a plane, you need to do what? A license. In order to be a doctor, you need to have what? A license. In order to be a teacher, you need to have what? A license it's like you know every dangerous thing you're about to do you need to have a license right well in order to get married you need well, you're gonna get it, so <laughs> you need a so like, you know it's not dangerous it's beautiful so but no but the thing is is that you know uh, when it comes to the contracts if, if you're gonna sign something you, you would love to get a copy of that and not just a copy of something but an identical one right so there was the same thing. God and people in this, they brought, they came together. God was restoring the nation. While Moses was up on the mountain, having this time of fellowship with God and received those covenants, they received those tablets, what happened is that whole nation of Israel, in those forty days from trusting the Lord, seeing the great miracles, they turned and started worshiping the golden calf. So, what happened that at Moses, when he saw that, he broke those two tablets. They were probably Samsung tablets. But, anyways, so, I mean, I would have done the same thing. So, but, anyways, so, I mean, here, uh, kidding. So, what happened, he broke them. He broke them, but actually, look, God's story didn't, didn't, uh, didn't end there. He was still going to pursue people with his love. God knew what was happening with the whole nation. And so, chapter 34. Let's turn to chapter 34 very quickly. Verses 1-4. through 4. The Lord said to Moses, Cut for yourself two tablets of stone, like the first. And I will write on the tablets the words that were written on the first tablets with which you broke. Be ready in the morning and come up in the morning to mountain Sinai and present yourself there to me on the top of the mountain. No one shall come up with you and let no one be seen throughout all the mountain. Let no flocks... Or herds graze apo- uh, opposite of the mountain. So Moses cut two tablets of stones like the first, and he rose early in the morning and went up on the mountain Sinai as the Lord had commanded him, and took in his hands two tablets of stone. And so the first time God did it, the second time He said, "Moses, you're going to do it. You're going to do it." You know the covenant takes two parts, but God said, "I love you so much, I will pursue." I love you so much that I pursue. I'm building the family that are going to be the distinct mark of which will be forgiveness and will be grace. I'm building the relationship so that you guys would know that I'm the loving father. I'm the God of grace. and In, in, in the New Testament, we saw those many examples of them. One of them was Peter. One of them was you know, Apostle Peter, and we talked about him you know, uh, quite a bit in the story, and like uh, you know, um, Slavic read you know, about that story of him like you know, walking on the waters. So what happened actually is Peter himself didn't you know, he was one of the disciples, he was a really brave guy doing a lot of active things, but he was the person who denied three times, like you know, denied Christ three times. He was somebody who was not able to perform like we would have valued or put an evaluation of him. Underperformed. Not worthy. But yet when Christ rose again, he, he asked one of the ladies to go and tell the disciples and Peter... To reestablish his, uh, 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 to reestablish the relationship, that is a grace-filled relationship. So God is has the restorative relationship of grace for us. He always restores because when we've done something wrong in the past. God is gonna look back, and if we are not gonna repent of that, that's gonna be uh, charged against us. But if we repent of our sins, if we repent of our, fa- our um, failures, if we get, unt- get on track with God, following His guidelines, believing in Him as Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, He is gonna for- He is uh, He would forgive the sins. We are not gonna be charged back with that, and our messed up story will become the redemption story of His grace. So this is why it is so great, it's so contagious about Christians, the true followers of Christ, that they resemble, they imitate Jesus in the same way. These are the people that we strive to forgive. I know sometimes we're not doing, it, uh, not doing a good job. I'm not a good person like, you know, to follow in these moments. It is difficult for me to forgive people. It, 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 just, it just is. I'm learning, I'm growing in it. I would love to imitate Christ more and more and be the first one to initiate the forgiveness. Even though if we, I am sinned against, I would still gonna, would love to be the first person to go and say that and just make that first step. Because when it comes to love, love, you should not deserve the love of somebody else. Other people should not deserve to be loved by you. It is your commitment that you make. It's the commitment that you make. And let's get back to the first Thessalonians, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to the book that we studied right now. Uh, we're going to read a couple of uh, um, couple of verses from chapter one, and it says this. So, First Thessalonians chapter one, verses two and three. It says, "We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your." work of faith not just faith not what you believe in that but what happens through your life work of faith your faith is not personal matter to your life your faith is a visible thing it's a treasure for the people that you're surrounded by you know your faith is a gift for other people not just for you to enjoy but for others to see so the work of faith, so faith puts out work. The work of faith and love, is the second one, and the labor of love. So love isn't just an anticipation or the feeling that we expect. It's, it's, a, it's a hard work. It's the labor. It's something that you grow in and you do regardless. And you do regardless. It's the same thing that God knows everything about us. We've talked about this. He knew all of our failures. But yet he said, I'm going to be pursuing you. And he put in his work. He put in a lot of work into saving us. Not only that he gave us the Bible. Not only that he was leading people through the history. He said that was not going to be Enough. In order for people to be saved and have the assurance of salvation, the great life here on earth, knowing Christ and being a part of His family and spending eternity with God, God Himself had to come on earth. God Himself had to come and sacrifice Himself for the sins as a payment, as the, there's a big word, atonement. He bought us with His blood. Atonement. told me that he said that I was going to come and pay for that without expecting anything in return. I know that people could not deliver. I know that there were, there were a lot of things that were difficult for people to comprehend. I know that. I know that every single one of us is not perfect. I know that very often we cannot deliver the best and the good that we would love to. Apostle Paul once said in the book of Romans, chapter seven, he said that, "Well, you know, this is what is happening inside of me. You know, I want to do good, but but I can't. But some on the other side, there are some things that I do not want to do, but I do. It's always that fight. It's always the battle. But the thing is, don't quit. Just don't quit. Don't quit on loving, because God did not quit. He hasn't quit on loving us." And we would love to imitate Him. This is why, if, folks, when it comes to the relationship with people, either it's in the family or outside of the families, if everybody would have believed in God, we would not have the, a lot of troubles that, that the society is going through. I understand it's a big statement. That people would love to, would love to take it a little bit differently. And everybody, uh, a lot of people try to capitalize on that. But if people follow God and believed in Him... Following his examples. We would not have fights, contradictions. We would not be, uh, would not be uh, being angry or prideful or uh, trying to abuse people. Because we know that God truly loves people. Satan only abuses people. He doesn't love people. He takes advantage of them. So when it comes, and some of you, unfortunately, some of us went through the abusive relationships in the past or going through one right now or may go in the future. But what I'm trying to say is don't give up on Christ. He is the only solid ground that we can have. The sound relationship that he has built. I'm going end, like, I'm going end what we've talked about just by reading a couple of verses from chapter three. Uh, we'll read the same verses six through twelve, and then we'll jump into the passage in the book of Acts, and with that then we'll pray. And we'll do the communion. But as of right now, we see that Paul and the Christians in Thessalonica, they were so wanted to be together. They were so vested in the relationship with one another. It was difficult for them. The church was under the persecution. The church uh, church was not crying out and said, God, why did you let this difficult time happen? We believe in you and things should have been different. But yet we're going through some tribulation. At the same time, that was the church whose faith was known for the whole surrounding regions. That was the church who, or, who loved people unconditionally as much as they could. That was the church that was investing into the people's lives, investing into the poor people and helping them out when they, when they did not deserve it, when we didn't do much of that. So when we see that here, we see that Paul wanted to, so much to spend that relationship with them. And he brings like, two different two things to the front, that we're going to see that they're so foundational for the great relationship as the church and as the family. So we're going to read it again, verses 6, chapter 3, the book of First Thessalonians. But now that Timothy has come to us from you and has brought us the good news of your faith and love of your faith and love faith the work of faith and the labor of love it's there you're committed you're growing for this reason brothers in all our distress and affliction we have been comforted about you through your faith when people stay together when churches stay together i just just love that i've been comforted by the faith of other people so much When I go to different cities and go go to different countries, when I spend time with the Christians, my faith grows so strong. Because I see the people being committed to Christ and faithful to Him in unexplainable, unheard of, and unseen circumstances. So being somebody, seeing those strong Christians, it helps me to be strong in my faith. So please, today, it's a challenge for us. Be strong in your faith. Because other people will be comforted by that. Be strong in your faith. Don't give up on Christ. Don't give up on reading His Word. Don't give up on His church and serving. Don't give up on being a sacrificial lover and giver and protector. Don't give up on being the channel through which God delivers His answers to the prayers of many. You are the channel that God delivers the answers to the uh, the prayers, prayers of other people. Just embrace your position. And Paul said, we heard of your faith. We were strengthened by that amidst all of the tribulations and difficulties that we've gone through. You guys are so amazing. Christ in you is so beautiful. That's a great community of faith. That's a great community of people. That's a great church to be a part of. And he said this. He continued on. He said that uh, now we live as, you st- as you're standing fast in the Lord. For what thanksgiving can we return to God for you, for all the joy that we feel for your sake before our God, as we pray most earnestly, night and day? And two things that he brings up you know, to the front, that we may see you face to face. He says, "We love you so much. We want you to see, uh, we, want us, we, we want to see you here on earth and be together in the eternity. He's anticipating the, uh, the day of the Lord Jesus Christ when he comes. He's waiting for them. It's a great comfort. It's a great assurance. It's a great healing for people that Christ will come. And then he has come. He lived the life. He died the death, but he didn't stay dead. He rose again. We're going to celebrate it in about, like, in about a couple of weeks. But then he says that's the community that we love to be a part of so let us be the church that people would love to be a part of let us let us be the church that people would, would come once or twice they would they would see the love and care not just of people but of changed lives and there was a we would love to be a part of this i love that we have a chance to greet people as they come and we we'll love seeing you and who are here for the first or second or third time we'll just love seeing you and we'll have seen who is here in the fourth and the fifth and whatever, right? So, but the thing is, we'd love to be the family. We'd love to be the church that you can be a part of. And if we're not doing something, something great to, to do that, to, to actually to match that standard, please let us know. We would love to know that. We would love to serve together. So Paul said, this is a beautiful family. We love so much. And he said, I just so want to spend time with you. I just so want to spend time with you. More than that, we know that one time a week is not enough for us. We love getting together in our connection groups. We love growing together. We get together outside of Sundays throughout a week in different places. We get together not just in smaller groups, but with friends and families and co-workers. It's just a great place to be a part of. He said, we just so want to be with you. So in the contagious christianity you would see that people love coming back to so the church is not a place where you, you would go on sundays the church is your family where you love to hang out and as a family we have different things that we need to put in you know there are different chores that we do, and yes, it's not a place that just we come and leave. But it's, like, it's we come, we serve, we stay, and we bring bring others. This is the place that we love building the relationships, forming the families, you know, raising the families, having like you know just a great time together. It's the place that we love to contribute with our time and finances and the strength and the gifts that we have. That's the place that's a relationship that we love to share with others so it's the faith sharing community the church is a faith sharing community we don't take the blessing of knowing christ just personally and just have fun with it we love to take the blessing of knowing christ personally and share it with everybody and share that with everybody so we love to be with one another he says and number two he mentions this and supply what is lacking in your faith he says we're going to grow together through this this is why we study the bible we love the bible we read the bible we pray through the bible it's an opportunity for us to see the strength of god and the power of god and the love of god in our lives that's the beautiful letter that's the beautiful book that contains 66 love Lovely letters of God to his people. Oh, I should have said this. It's the book that contains 66 letters of a loving, loving dad to his children. Isn't it beautiful? So we love reading the Bible, we love growing together. We love seeing people that would repent of their sins. And then be baptized and become part of the church so we can grow together and serve together. That's the beautiful place. And this is why it's so contagious about the Christianity. It's not just the belief system, it's the deep committed relationships. And we pray so the choose life church will be this. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this beautiful beautiful letter of love that you've given us. Thank you for the relationship that you've given us. Thank you for having that excitement of the restorative relationship of grace in you. Help us to be the church that when people come and they experience your grace, your forgiveness, your restorative work in them and healing and so once they experience that let us be the people who would share that with others. So that others can benefit with that father i pray you for those kind of three ladies and three men that you've given me this week that have heard the gospel please save them help them to get back to church and for some of them find the church find you in the church for the first time in their lives i ask you for the people who come here hurt that their lives are troubled with uncertainty with certain sin or difficulty or pride or a loss Or hurt I ask you so that you would heal them so that they can experience your love through the body of Christ that you lovingly call church so we ask you as we're gonna be participating in the communion right now participating in in these two symbols of you coming on earth living a life and dying on the cross for us putting your life in order to save us you gave your life in order to save us, because we could not save ourselves. So Father, please help us stop trying to save ourselves and accept what has already been done by you on the cross and through the cross. So we thank you for the body. We thank you for the blood that was shed. It represents the price that had to be paid. So that now, through you, we can enter in the most beautiful and deeply desired relationship with the loving Father. So we we bless the uh, the bread and uh, and the wine. We celebrate your healing. We celebrate your love, and your, you know, we are eagerly awaiting for your return. We are blessed by heaven. We are blessed by you, and blessed by the family that you are building.